Good evening, everybody. Uh, this is Al, aka Red Lanyard from Fandom Correspondence, here with another episode of Fandom Talk, and we are doing our probably was going to be our last for a while um, segment of Fandom Defense Court, where one of us um, defends a character we we very much love and appreciate. Um, I am not alone tonight. That would make for a very awkward podcast if I was. Uh, we also have the editor in chief. A fandom correspondence, um, Jacob Vance McCarty, right here. How are you doing, Jacob? You're doing well, man. Good, good. We also have um, the wonderful admin, um, Raven, also known as Jenny. How are you doing, Jen? Hi, I'm great. Hell, hell yeah, you are. And then, <laughs> then uh, finally, we also have, as always, my compadre, um, Joshua the Wise Sage. What's going on, Josh? Hey, uh, how are you doing tonight? I am doing wonderful. I am excited for this episode of Phantom Defense Court. Uh, but before we get into that, um, there's been some some stuff. There's been some stuff last couple of weeks. Um, the most recent announcement um, on uh, Disney Plus, uh, they're adding a new show to the Star Wars lineup. We're getting a Lando Calrissian series, y'all. Woo! It's lit. That was my reaction. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, um, Jenny, how about you start us off? How, how are you feeling about Lando? Oh, I'm so excited. He was the best part of Solo, and I love Solo, by the way. That was a great movie. But I could watch Don Glover literally do anything, so I'm just really excited that he's going to be reprising his role. Reprising, right? That's right, yeah. So it's, I'm hyped, bro. I'm hyped. Absolutely, absolutely, bro. Me too. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. When I first heard about his casting um, in Solo, a Star Wars movie to begin with, I was just like, oh yeah, they couldn't have cast anybody else. Um, uh, guys, how about y'all? Um, any feelings about the Lando series coming? I mean, I'm obviously uh, very excited. Uh, like Kenny said, uh, Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian was. I mean, no, nothing, nothing short of just phenomenal in in the role, and I cannot wait to see what he can do with the full series. Um, I'm, I've been, I, they haven't said if he was going to be doing anything with like the writing or anything like that. But I mean, of course, we know, we know how good, how how good he does, you know, with stuff like Atlanta. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I'd, I'd love to see him possibly uh, write and direct an episode as well. Um, mm -hmm. I think, I think he could bring. I think he can bring a, a lot, a lot to the series, uh, just as a whole. Yep, for sure, for sure. Josh, how about you, buddy? Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'd, I'd like to be contrary and just to be uh, just to make things more interesting, but I can't be because it's Donald Glover and uh, everything that guy does turns to gold, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I think he's one of the most talented people uh, going right now. And uh, I'm like Jake, I'd, I'd like to see him at least get in, get some of the writing in. I don't know how. Uh, feasible that be because i know he you know works pretty hard on atlanta apparently we're getting atlanta season three and four pretty close together uh and of course there's uh, you know there's other stuff that he works on music and things like that so uh but i yeah i think i think he brings a lot to that role i think he was perfect as lando as uh, perfect as anybody could be in such an iconic role and uh, I, I personally can't wait to see more of it yep absolutely absolutely but um, yeah, there aren't a ton of details released on it yet, but um, all of us are for sure very excited about the prospect of seeing more of Childish Gambino as Lando Calrissian. And the, did, they oh, announce if the, did 
did they announce if the the girl from Fleabag was coming back or well I get well she's part of the Falcon and she's a do we yeah. even know what's gonna be um set? I haven't heard anything. They, they haven't released anything on that. Yeah. Um you know so, what is that so girl's name? I forget her name. Uh, it's L three something. I'm not uh, uh, oh uh Phoebe uh uh Phoebe Bridge. Yeah, Phoebe right? Waller that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Because she was really good in solo too. You yeah, but their their interplay was a lot was a lot of fun. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see her come back as well. I think I'd I'd kind of be okay. I mean, I know the. I mean, of course, it's it's Star Wars, so who, the, so no one would care if it was a prequel. Um, but I I think I'd actually kind of like to see more about them before before Han, like how you know, like how does he how does he get the Falcon in the first place, you know, and and more about like you said their relationship, mm-hmm. you know, kind of leading up to it, or maybe do that in like flashbacks or even do that in like season one and season two is like post solo or something like that you know yeah whatever sure. they decide to do I'm, I'm i'm ready for it yeah yeah all right um that uh the other uh big significant um story from the last couple of weeks um is a little game y'all might have heard of it our dear viewers slash listeners um little game by the name of ghost of tsushima uh, the open world samurai game that is, um, it's really the swan song, um, uh, PlayStation four exclusive of the generation. Um, this will be the last exclusive release for the PlayStation four. Um, it fits very well into the, into kind of the mode of the, of the majority of the exclusives they've done. Um, everybody says, if you're good at something, kind of stick to it and open world adventure games kind of seems to be where Sony has kind of planted their flag um i've been playing it uh jacob and josh have been playing it um how do y'all feel about the ghost of shishima uh, josh i'll start with you but well yeah i think it's uh i think it's pretty fantastic um i was a little worried not about the game but i was a little worried because it released so close to last of us 2 which uh it wasn't originally supposed to release as close to last of us part 2 as it did uh, you know, they're supposed to be about a couple months in between, um, you know, those two games. And so I really felt like it coming out where everyone was still dealing with uh, the <laughs> the myriad of feelings that Last of Us Part Two has brought on, uh, which has been, you know, everything from, you know, uh, happiness to anger. Uh, but uh, Ghost of Shima, it's, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of people, you know, sold, it sold really well. Um, and, of course, it's reviewed very well. And, of course, it's, it does seem to... Uh, have something of a community behind it. Um, it's yeah, I, I'm 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 about I would say I'm probably about sixty percent of the way through it, sixty seventy percent of the way through it. Um, and so far, it's uh, probably the most uh, beautiful world I've ever been in in a game. Um, it's different than Last of Us Two. Uh, Last of Us Two, you know, which I thought was a you know, I thought the world was really there for storytelling. This is really, this game almost, um, it almost seems to exist just to show off how cool the world looks. Uh, there's a lot of different parts. I don't I don't know if you've done any shrines yet or not, but like every single shrine you do will have like these three moments where the camera intentionally will pan out so it can be like, hey, look at this beautiful vista we've done here. And, uh, you know, and, I, and there's something to say about that. I like a game that'll flex every now and then, you know, and, and 
this game knows what does right and uh, really sticks to that. So that's, that's uh, yeah, I'll have more to say, uh, you know, later on. But, yeah, right now I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jacob, how about you? Any any thoughts on the most recent uh, PlayStation exclusive? Uh, absolutely. Um, I, I do want to save. I want to save a little bit because, of course, like I said, we or like I said in the last podcast, we are going to be doing a spoiler cast um, fairly soon. It's um, that might be a bit more so delayed than I at least had anticipated because the game is. It's it's big. It is a very very big game. Um, I've put maybe 20, 25 hours in, maybe a little bit less than that, um, and I'm just now hitting the set the second uh, the second of three territories um, in the game. And I will readily admit a large part of that is strictly just because I have been doing just so many side missions and and. Just really, just kind of just run, just running around, just see, just seeing the world um, of of Tsushima, and it's, you know, Josh is right. It is visually one of the one of the best games I've ever seen. Um, but the other thing is that just the gameplay is just, it's just it's just fun to play. Um, you know, there's never really there's never really been a point where I have gotten bored with any of the combat or any of the kind of situations that you get into. Um, and, and, and once again, like I said, I do, there is more uh, that I want to say about that later. But, I mean, just as, a, as of right now, um, it's probably one of the most fun open worlds I've, I've really – probably the, the most genuinely fun open world I've had since probably Spider-Man, I'd say. Um, as, as good as, you know – because Last of Us is kind of a linear kind of open world where you can go pretty much a, a lot of places in the, that you see – but it still wants to tell the main story, so you're still kind of moving along. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a massive open world, um, but, you know, it's still still kind of really kind of story-focused and everything really kind of driven. But with, with, with Spider-Man and then with this one, though, it's just it's just fun just to just move around, you know, and that's, that's just a lot for a game where where the, the idea of exploration and the idea of just going around the world is, is such a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I've been playing the game too. Um, it's great. There's been a lot of a buzz about the art style, and the and the game is visually very, very beautiful, um, as Joshua said. Um, I will say though, I've seen s- some people who are kind of on the fence about whether to buy the game or not because all they've really seen about the game is like the visual stuff, not a, a lot about the gameplay stuff. Um, I just want to say, um, y'all, if y'all. If you're on the fence because you haven't heard a lot about the gameplay, the gameplay is great. Um, the, the the exploration feels really good. Um, uh, the combat is very it's very challenging at first, but once you get a feel for it and once you unlock some skills, it's one of um, it's one of the few games where I've really felt very um, completely immersed in the combat. It feels very fluid. Um, but um, yeah, I'll have a lot more to say if we do. Uh, if I do on the spoiler cast as well, I'm trying to t- take my time a bit more with this one, so I don't know if I'll reach the spoiler cast. But um, yeah, it's a great game. Highly recommend. Great game for the PS4 to go out on, for sure. Um, but yeah, just real quick before we get into defense court this week, um, Jacob or Vance McCarty is on the hot seat today to defend a character he loves that we have chosen for him. 
Um, but uh, before we get there, um, I do want to say, as always, we really appreciate everybody who takes their time out of their vi- very busy, chaotic schedules right now um, to check out our podcast, to check out the articles on our website, um, our streams and videos. We really, really appreciate the time you give us. Um, if you're interested in doing so, you can support us. If you want to see some more um, output from us, you can support us on Patreon. Um um, I believe we have um, different kinds of tiers and donations amounts where you can um, talk to us a bit more about the kind of material you want to see and things like that. But um, but yeah, if you f- feel led to, um, um, please go ahead and check out the Patreon. Um, and even if you aren't in a place where you can financially support us, just the fact that you read our articles or listen to our podcasts or watch our videos is just um, insane to us. So thank you so much for doing that. But um, yeah. Let's get into defense court, the main event of the night, the reason all of you are here. Vance McCarty, how are you feeling right now? Are there any characters you think we might have chosen for you? Um, well, one, I'm, I'm feeling good. I am kind of nervous um, because, you know, when you, you start out with with this round of fan defense court, you know, we start out with, although they're all characters that we've loved, we started out with kind of the wild card of Lorelai Gilmore for Josh. Um <laughs> Kind of went for something a bit more traditional for you, Al, with, with the Red Hood, and then and something a bit more traditional for Jenny with Kylo Ren. Um, so I really, I genuinely have no idea. Um, my my first thoughts were, you know, characters like Nightwing or Captain America, um, maybe Luke Skywalker. Um, but at the but at the same time, you know, it could be just about anyone. Um, I, I I am I am a little nervous though, uh, just to just to make sure that I am because uh, I'm I'm a little nervous that I may not be as prepared as as, as I as I want to be. But we're but I'm, I'm but I'm here and we're gonna see what happens. We're gonna, we're gonna see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah. I will say I will say for the oh gosh, is it eight weeks now <laughs> accumulatively that oh, we've wow. done defense court? Um, I will yeah. say I don't think we'll ever everybody who listens to this, I'm sorry. I don't think we'll ever um, exceed anything as good as uh, any choosing or like Gilmore for Josh to defend. That is, that was, I think that was big fandom course comments for us. But, um, I, 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 I've been honestly, we, we've been trying to, to hit that same level, and I, I just I couldn't. We started think of out too strong, didn't we? We yeah. really did. Was, there was nowhere to go from that, man. That's like it's like doing stairway to heaven at the beginning of the show, man. You got nothing. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely, but um, but no, uh, we have a character for you, Jacob, that I think we'll uh, you'll really be able um, to get into. Um, I don't think preparedness will be a problem uh, for you. Um, in terms of this character, um, I will say when we first, when Jenny, Josh, and I first started t- to discuss who we should do, I wanted to do c- c- Cyclops, but that didn't go anywhere. Um, but, uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, oh, Jacob, um, your character this evening for Phantom Defense Court is Captain America. All right. Okay. Yeah. I am, I, 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 I'm ready. I am ready. Our questions can be kind of spicy, though, so okay. we'll see. Yeah, the first get kind of spicy. is very spicy. Ooh. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm excited. Okay, so 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 now I'm curious. Okay, so who's got the first one? I'm I'm ready. Al's got it. Okay. Got it. 
I've got it. I've got the f first one and the last one. I'm opening you up and I'm closing you down. Uh, all, right. all right. So Jacob, Captain America, a character that definitely yes, uh, has gotten a a lot of attention and exposure the last decade or so because of the MCU. Uh, mm -hmm. My first question to open up Defense Court is. Why is the Captain America so damn fine? To be specific, look at that ass. Why is it so fine? I mean, <laughs> you know, you're. I mean, is it hot in here? Is it just me, guys? I mean, you know, you're 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 starting off strong. You know, like you said, spicy questions and all. <laughs> That's a real question. Oh, that's a, oh, that's question. a legitimate question. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm waiting. You know, I mean, does... <laughs> we need to know. Um, he, some some people just have it naturally, guys. You know, and just that's that's Steve Rogers. You know, he just he has those kind of like boyish good looks. You know, and uh, yeah, pe and people just go for it. Uh, spe specifically considering, you know. The, the flirtations that happen throughout you know, throughout the films as we see and in the comics, um, you know. But 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 ultimately, you know, uh, Steve, Steve's heart uh, typically just belongs to one person. Um, in in the comics, it's typically Sharon, and then in the, in the movie, it's typically Peggy. So you know, so yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I do have a couple of follow up questions to that one. Um, okay. First, first and foremost. Um, what is your preference? Um, Captain America with a beard or Captain America shaved? Mm. Ooh. Ooh, that's, that's a rough one. Um, Big question. I feel like Jenny wants to answer this one. Jenny, uh, yeah, <laughs> Jenny, Jenny just like popped up and was like, dude, I'm so ready. Um, <laughs> this, this one ain't for you, Jenny. I will, I will readily admit um, I love Captain America with a beard. Um, Hell yeah! I yeah yeah I knew Kenny would agree with me. Um, I just there is Infinity War is a is a pretty bleak film, and that's why I think the scene uh, in the train station where he comes out of the shadows is such a striking striking scene because it's literally we have nothing and then Captain America shows up, you know, and that's that's a big. Big, that's a big moment, and of course, him with the when he when he's got the beard and everything, and you're like, Ooh. oh, he's been on the run, oh, oh, man. you know, <laughs> like he's yeah, it's a it, it's a great thing. It's it is it, it, it is it is a great thing. Yes, pray. I didn't even think the character we should have picked is Captain America with a beard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's completely different character. It's a very short defense, though. It's it's literally just it's Captain America with the beard. Yeah. There right. there is nothing to challenge him with. You know, <laughs> that's it. That's the meme. Um, all right, good stuff, good stuff. All righty, well, hope you enjoyed a lighthearted question because it it only gets harder from here. I'm gonna I'm okay. gonna toss <laughs> I'm gonna toss it over to Jenny for question two. Okay. So I do have a question. I'm going off script a little bit. I'm going rogue. Okay. So no by uh -huh. panic. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't concerned until you said that. <laughs> All right. Why do you think Ken and Peggy had to be separated the way they did in the first Captain America? I. Uh, 
man, just a a a question that has been stewing since uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the thing the thing is, is that the story of Captain America, the story of Steve Rogers, does not happen unless he is encased in ice in 1945. Um, you know, there was it was literally like a no win situation um, uh, from from that standpoint, and that's the whole point of really what makes Steve uh, who he is as a character. Um, Steve is always going to be willing to make that sacrifice. You know, that's that's the reason. Uh, Erskine chooses him, you know, for the for the super for the super soldier program, because when he when Phillips throws that that fake grenade, you know, Steve's the first person to jump on it, you know, um, and uh, and that is that's just what makes him who he is. Now, why did they choose to? make Peggy such a prominent character and really kind of really just kind of dig the dig the knife in and take and, our hearts you know, out of our chest and crush them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Why did they yeah, do that? And, and the and the hearts. Um <laughs> I'm just uh I am just gonna say that that's that was strictly from a from a emotional uh story standpoint. Um I'm a I'm a step in as ref real quick. Okay. Just real quick here. This is a defense of Steve Rogers, <laughs> not of the director and writer of Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, I'll peel it back. Yeah, I let's, apologize. Let's, let's, let's back I apologize. You know, that, okay. Steve, Steve Steve had nothing to do with getting in yes. case and ice himself. That's true. Really. Steve, he, didn't, he didn't want to. Yeah. He just true. he literally saved America. Okay. Sorry. Okay. We'll go to the next question. Okay. All right, another question that has been on my mind mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, in the movie Civil War, okay. okay, yep. Why didn't Steve, I think you know where I'm going with this, tell Tony what he knew about his parents earlier? So, <clears throat> I've I've re- I've actually really thought about that um, for. Pretty much since the since the film was over, really, um, because that that single act sets the next four movies up. There's, you know, in my personal opinion, the the way that the way that I took it, he he even he even makes a statement in his, in in the letter that he writes him is that he was trying to save him from the hurt, but then he even realizes that that actually made it worse. I think there was also a part of him that basically wanted to get Bucky home safe and then kind of go from there. Um, That's fair. Basically, in my my opinion, one of the the reasons that he wanted to do that is because he wanted to kind of get him into an area where then we could start kind of talking about, okay, what did the Winter Soldier do versus what did Bucky do, you know, and what did – and what does it really mean now that he is – now that he now the brainwashing is gone and everything like that, um, of course, you know the best laid plans of mice and men because we know how civil war plays out, um, and it it does not it I would say it does not necessarily work out that well for Steve. Um, I mean, and 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 I've, I've I've said this I said it during our our commentaries of the Avengers films I, I've said it. To a lot of people, if if Steve does not make that choice, if if Steve and Tony are together, we don't need 
we don't need any game. We we because Infinity War ends entirely differently. Mm-hmm. If you have the Avengers as a core group together, then they're unstoppable, and that's and that's the whole point of Endgame. Um, but because of that, because that decision, really kind of what I think really kind of affects the affects Infinity War. Okay, yeah, so, no, that's I, a good answer. Yeah. I accept it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I've got a. I'm gonna go. Go on now. Yeah. Um. I've got to follow up to that one. Um, okay. So. So with all of that in mind, does his decision to do that, given how it turns out, um, does his decision to hide that information from Tony, does that in your mind at all take away from or or diminish Cap's character? Mm, not not to me, no. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people look at Steve and they think of him as a character who is totally morally good and makes no mistakes at all. Um, me personally... I actually was glad that they were that they were willing to include something like that where he was doing what he thought was the best option, even though it did not it, it was not a good decision. Um, <clears throat> keeping that kind of information keeping that kind of information away from away from Tony, um, especially when you consider that at that point, in the storyline, we're looking at roughly a year and a half to maybe two years. That's that's pretty rough. Um, that's that's not good. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't necessarily diminish his character to me. <clears throat> Excuse me, because at the at the same time, when you have so many other characters who are making decisions where it technically diminishes their character or or doesn't, you know, where everyone is human, everyone makes mistakes. I I think that one of the best parts about Steve is that he does make mistakes like that, but he's also still trying to fight against them and try to make things as right as he can. Um, I mean, like, like I said, the the ending of Civil War that that message um, to me, you know, it's not a it's not necessarily so much of, of an apology for the fact that he chose to do what he did. But it is an apology to the fact that, that it happened the way that it did, um, and I, uh, t- for me, it doesn't diminish his character. No. Okay. All right. I will pass it to Wise Sage for question three. A question I'm really excited to hear y'all talk about. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a quick, uh, not a quick one actually. This one I just thought of. Uh, um, but I, it, it relates to the third one. Okay. Okay. So there's a sense. So in DC, you have these things like legacy characters. Now mm-hmm. you've got like you know, Alan Grant, to Hal Jordan, to John Stewart, the guy, to Kyle Rayner, you know, as Green Lantern, Flash, you've got uh, Jay, to Barry, to Wally, to Bart, Bart to uh, Wally, uh, to the Wally we forget because uh, we don't. DC doesn't like black people uh, to uh, bury again. Um, so you've got that. Marvel attempted to do something similar 
I think, in making Captain America a legacy character because you've had four or people as Captain America at this point. Hmm. Um, three of them inherently good, I think. One of them a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, do, you, do you consider Captain America to be a legacy character? And do you think, uh, you know, what, what do you think about Cap passing the shield on to, uh, you know, to either Falcon or Bucky at this point? You know, they've both been uh, Captain America. We'll leave John Walker out of it. But. <laughs> um, poor, poor John Walker. Um me personally, I I think that he does count as a legacy character just because it is the closest thing that Marvel had to that. Because really, the only other people that had that long of kind of a run were really like Namor and the first Human Torch, um, and Lord knows the the less said about Namor, the better. Um, that's a that's a podcast from the time and that discussion. Um, but I think that Steve definitely works as a legacy character. In his own right, without even before even thinking about passing the shield on to anyone. So yes, I think that he does work as a legacy character from being in the '40s and then showing back up in the '60s um, during the Avengers run. Now, when it when it comes to him passing the shield on to Bucky and passing the shield on to Sam, um, <clears throat> with Bucky's Bucky's happens because of a. Really, because because of the circumstances at the time, because at the time Steve was pronounced dead, um, and explaining that he was not, and everything else that goes in with that storyline is a whole other thing. Um, but if you have not read it, you absolutely should, because Ed Brubaker is one of the best writers of all time, especially especially uh, with that Captain America run. Um, so I mean, and I I personally loved Bucky as Captain America. I thought he did a great job, um, but at the same time, there there's something to be said that the moment Steve comes back and Steve is ready, Bucky is also ready and willing to give up the shield. Um, Steve is the one who has to tell him no, hang on to it, um, and he doesn't actually. If I remember correctly, he doesn't actually give the shield back to Steve, or Steve doesn't take up the mantle again um, for about another year or so until basically something from Bucky's past comes back and he has to effectively has to go into witness protection. Um, which is a really, really interesting, another interesting story, by the way, worth looking into. Um, with Sam, Sam was more interesting um, because his story, his storyline was so was so interesting because they had. I will readily admit this right now. I need to reread the Rick Remender stuff because I did not like it the first time I read it. Um, I'm fairly harsh when it comes to Rick Remender um, from the other things that he that from that run, but I, I think I need to reread it and give it another shot. I had no issues with Sam taking up the shield because Sam is a great character. Um, but I didn't necessarily like the way that they did they, the way that they did it because you had this whole thing where Steve was aged and he was like 95 years old, um, but he still had the super soldier serum, so technically he could still fight. But he decided not to be Captain America because he didn't want to be Captain America when he was <laughs> super old. It was it was a it was a weird. It, those three years were a weird time. Um, but the best part of it was how good Sam was as Captain America. Um, of course, in that time, you 
I mean, I'll go ahead and say it. You had multiple story arcs where you had people who would walk up to Sam Wilson, uh, you know, Avenger, hero, Falcon, and just say, you're not my Captain America. And you had this very... There was also there. I mean, there was a very big sense that a lot, a large portion of that was just because of the color of his skin, and to me, that is awful. You know, that's just because Sam is absolutely a hero, and Sam absolutely des- you know, deserved his time. His time as Captain America. Um, he was he a different Captain America than Steve or Bucky? Absolutely. Um, but I think that kind of goes to show of his character and why that worked for him as a character. Um, but uh, but no, I mean I. Long way to say, <laughs> my apologies, because um, then I got off on a tangent on how much I love Bucky and Sam. Um, yes, Steve is definitely is, Captain America. The the idea of Captain America as a legacy is definitely definitely a factor, and um, the two people that uh, the two main people that have followed him, I think, both did fantastic jobs in their in their time. Um, and also, while we're while we're talking about it, I cannot wait to see. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the show on uh, Disney Plus, and I can't wait to see what um, what Sam does with the Shield um, in the future films. You know. <laughs> well, you know, you bring up that that idea of legacy and everything, and um, I think that's important to this next question because uh, basically, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Secret Empire. Mm-hmm. And uh, do we have to? Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. Uh, because it was a pretty, I would say, probably the most controversial comic book of the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably mm-hmm. And uh, so the question is essentially this, okay? Um, why was it so offensive to have that character become the Hydra guy? You know, I mean, was it. You know, was it more offensive for him to become the Hydra guy than, say, if they had done it to, you know, well, they couldn't have done it to Tony because he was just an AI at the time. Once again, Marvel was in a weird place. Uh, but, like, um, you know, if they had done it to, like, let's say let's say Captain Marvel, you know, mm-hmm. would, that same, would, it, would that same storyline have been as offensive then? Or are we just all being crazy uh, for calling it offensive and just being, you know, really weird conflict people? What do you think? Okay. See, you know what's you know what's interesting is the moment that Al said Captain America, I was like, one of them was going to say Secret Empire. One of them was going to mention it. Um, So the 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 main crux of your question was, was it no? Would it have been as as offensive if it was another character? Correct. Um, In short, no. Um, it would it would not have been as offensive if it was someone else, in my opinion, because because at that point, a lot of people said, "Let me rephrase. We'll just go. We'll just go ahead and just do the, get this out of the way." Jesse Shadeen of IGN, who I just disagree with entirely on this subject, um, made the point that at this point, Steve Rogers did not matter as a character, and Captain America did not matter as a character until this storyline. I personally could not disagree more. Um, the the crux of Secret Empire as a whole wanted to apparently ask the questions of what did it really mean to be American at that point in time. Um, that was, 
supposedly what Nick what Nick Spencer was trying to do as a writer. Um, I have personally not spoken to Nick Spencer, obviously. Um, I have not really done a whole lot more studies into him as a writer since then. Um, but for me personally at this point, in my opinion, you you had the opportunity at this point in time to have a storyline where you could have had a character turn their backs on America, you know, turn their backs on on Shield, on the Avengers, everything, and then become a Hydra agent. And then basically it breaks them entirely. Um, and in, and because you chose Captain America, you basically said that there was no hope. Um, and the thing is, it's like I kept expecting something to change. I read all, I guess it's technically nine issues with the, with the zero issue. I read all of it expecting something to change, expecting something good to happen. Um, and nothing good happens in the story. Uh, this is the story where Black Widow gets killed um, by Steve. And, uh, you know, there's... Um, let's see. It's also the point... How did they bring her back, by the way? Do you even know? If I remember correctly, there was something involving, like, multiple clones of Black Widow. Um, so that's... Once again, podcast we'll, we'll, for another we'll, time. We'll move on. Let's... We'll move on. Yeah. Um... Because I actually haven't gone too... I haven't delved too deep in that research. I will readily admit that. Um, I want to because I've heard the comics are actually pretty good. But at the same time, it still has the stint of Secret Empire, of, of post-Secret Empire on it. So I'm kind of... I was kind of iffy on having to dig that, dig up those memories. Then you all ask this question. Thanks. Um, no problem. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is like, I understand... I obviously understand the want to ask the question of what does it mean to be American and what does it mean to be to be Captain America in this this time of the world, um, and I personally think that that question absolutely needs to be asked uh, of Steve as well. Um, the problem is though is that you cannot ask that question if your opening issue involves him saying Hail Hydra, and if and ba- and for lack of a better term, being a Nazi. That's that's an issue. Um, when I remember when I first when I first saw the the initial like layout and the different previews and everything, I thought the entirety of Secret Empire was going to be um, was going to be a storyline of him basically invading Hydra. Um, Basically doing like some like really really like deep undercover uh, uh, twenty four kind of thing, um, where effectively he has to bring down Hydra from within. I kept expecting that. I kept wanting that. It never happened. Um, and that and this was all in the actual like Steve Rogers com- Captain America comic, not necessarily in Secret Empire itself. Because in Secret Empire is when he's revealed to everyone, and that's when he literally takes over the world. Um, as this kind of this ultimate Hydra agent. And, you know, then you have this whole storyline where, you know, Steve has to basically, like, fight his way out um, because, like, 
That, that, that's the other thing. Is that this, this dang thing, didn't, this, this stupid story didn't even make sense because basically it involved the Cosmic Cube creating two versions of Steve Rogers, one, from, one who is the actual Steve we know, and the other one is from an alternate reality where the Nazis won World War II because Captain America was a hybrid agent the entire time. The entire time. I don't understand how that storyline was not more offensive to more people. Because there was a point in time where within the Marvel comic books, they were making the statement that we lost World War II. I, I do not understand how that flew under people's radar. I, I, I don't know how that was not you know spoken about more. People wanted to focus just on the fact that Cap was saying Hail Hydra, and I get that. But just that in itself is offensive. Um, but, you know... You then have the ending of the storyline where Steve comes back and Steve saves the day and so on and so forth. And instead, people don't trust him anymore because when they see him, they don't see Steve Rogers, Captain America. They see the Steve Rogers who ran Hydra and, you know, killed Black Widow. Um, oh, had a firing squad kill Rick Jones. You know, the... the Guy has been following the Avengers, you know, the entire time, and he's his last words are even Avengers assemble. Before he can get out of symbol, he's literally shot by a firing squad. Once again, you you just they were they were intending this entire thing to be nothing but shock value, and that, that is just write a better story, you know, it, it, just just write a better comic, which actually leads me to my final point of of of. Of why why this story should not have happened. I, I'm 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 basically taking your question and just and just changing it. I understand that, and I and I'm sorry. Um, but why this story should not have happened is because the the follow up to it was Mark Wade and Chris Samney are like, well, we're going to do what we do best, which is you know make great comics. And so for five issues, they do a great storyline. But then the comic following that. <clears throat> is Captain America by Ta-Nehisi Coates and Lanille Francis Yu. And Ta-Nehisi Coates, who had been writing Black Panther at the time and still and still is writing both of these comics as of this recording, um, basically asked the same questions of what does it mean to be American and what does it mean to be Captain America and what, is, what does the flag even stand for anymore? Asked the same questions without hurting Steve Rogers' legacy, without hurting who he is as a character, and does it in a way that is actually worth reading about. Um, there has never been a point where I have wanted to chunk an issue of Captain America by Ta-Nehisi Coates across the room. Meanwhile, Josh can attest to this, that pretty much every time I would read Secret Empire, I would, I would just groan. It, it would just be, I would read and just go, just because it just wasn't good. And the fact of the matter is, is that if your only storyline for a character is, one, what can we do to make him relevant? And two, what if he was just evil? I'm sorry, but do better. Just, just do better. Think, think of something better than that, especially if it's a main storyline. Um, I, I know a lot of people like to do – I know a lot of people like certain storylines where they're like, oh, well, what if this character was evil? And that's and that's okay, you know, if it's just a one-off or something like that, which obviously it was because now we have Steve back to normal. 
but at the same time, I just there was no there was no need to attempt to despair to disparage Captain America at that point, in my opinion. And I know that was a once again another long winded answer. And I and and and, I, and I'm not apologizing because the moment you mention Captain America and Secret Empire, you should know what's going to happen. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. I'll turn it over to you, Al. All right. Uh, last, last question of the night oh. for everybody who's, who's keeping track at home. Um, you talk a lot in that ad, in that last answer about questions of you know what does it mean to be an American and what um, in terms of Captain America um, is Captain America relevant or some writers have asked how do we. Um, write stories so that he is relevant. Um, and my question is kind of along those lines. So the question is, right now, is there a place, and if there is a place, what is that place? Um, is there a place for Captain America in modern American culture where American patriotism right now is arguably at what some would call an all-time low? And if it's not at an all-time low, um, it's at least extremely uh, divided and extremely polarized. Where does Captain America fit into where we are as as a country and as a culture right now? All right. Um, me personally. I think that this is the time where we need Captain, uh, an ideal like Captain America more than anything else, 100%. Um, and what I mean by that is the ideals of what this country could be, and what, and like you said, what it means to be a what it means to be a patriot, what it means to actually want the right things for this country. Um, <clears throat> we we are very divided right now. In this in the modern day culture, um, you know, a lot of people asking different questions of what of what does it mean to to be American, and what and should we even enjoy being American? Um, and I think that Captain America, Steve Rogers, is the absolute perfect the perfect response to something like that. If you look at any any of the writings of, like I said, Edward Baker, or even even the stuff in like the seventies or the eighties, where it was where it was Jim Shooter, um, Jim Shooter, Jim Salakrup, um, I'm, I'm forgetting me names. Some certain names are escaping me, but there are multiple points in times where you realize that Steve is a hero who wants to fight for the American people, but he is not. He is not owned for the American people, and he is not beholden to them in in that sense of where if something is wrong, he is going to fight against it. That's the entire point of Civil War, um, in both the comics and and the film. You know, you I th I think it's very telling that in both of those you have you have someone at one point in time, base basically telling basically telling someone who is literally draped in the American flag that they're having to, that they're going to have to go against the government on this. And Steve's basically like, all right, bet for lack of a better term. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe he doesn't say it exactly like that. He should. Um, I kind of, I, I actually, I actually wish that that's what he would say to Thunderbolt Ross in, in civil war. That would have made that, that 
how do, how do you make a movie? How do you make a movie that's already a ten, a ten, a ten point five? That's that's how you do it. Um, you know, is you have Steve Rogers say bet. Um, Liddy. <clears throat> Liddy indeed. Um, um, but I think that if you even if you, if you look at American history, you know, and and I and I think that a lot of people should, especially especially right now. Um, to understand where 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 we have failed at certain points of times and where we have succeeded at other points of times, um, there are going to be times where we're going to have to say that something is wrong. There are going to be times where we're going to have to say, you know, I mean, I'll go ahead and make the quote. There are going to be times where people say you need to move, and you plant yourself and you say no, you move. That entire quote shows why. Steve Rogers is the is the perfect ideal for America right now. If something is wrong, we have to stand against it. And you know, Steve, even to and to to his credit, um, he questions himself a lot. And I think I think that a lot of people, a lot of people, could benefit from doing that as well. You know, que- question the question the decisions that you're making. Question that, yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. Question the things that you might be posting on social media. You know, really, really think about, about how you are presenting yourself to the world and do you want to do that? Steve does that. Um, I know that a lot of people would say that maybe he doesn't because of the fact that he is very stubborn, especially in Civil War. Um, but I think it's genuinely because he understands that what he is doing is trying to fight for what he believes in. And what he knows to be true, and as we see in Infinity War, he's not wrong. Um, you know, so I mean, that's. I know that I've kind of, I've kind of danced around. I might have been dancing around the question a little bit, but but ultimately, I think there's absolutely a place for Captain America in this modern day world, um, and I think that it is. It is a place where it is something that we look to that ideal of what we could be. Captain America is supposed to be someone that we try to follow and someone that we try to understand and think, you know, what would he do in this kind of situation? Same way, same way as Superman is and for the, for DC. Um, and honestly, it's probably, that's probably why both of those are my two favorite characters because they do have a lot of similarities in the fact they're both leaders um, they both get questioned a lot, you know, and because people just naturally look to them. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, Jenny and Josh, any last questions, comments, concerns, passions? Or I man Vance? Um, I wanted to apologize for my uh, Peggy outburst earlier that really had nothing to do with the podcast uh i just got in my feelings and i apologize that's it's you know <laughs> once once again two things that i knew would happen when you said captain america one secret empire two jenny's gonna bring up peggy and jenny's gonna bring up the ending of of uh, of the first avenger it wasn't and planned either it just no, like came to me and i, I was like whoa like I'm like I'm kind of surprised that Josh didn't mention that sometime leading up to this week. I of, knew it was coming. You know, you, you, you were just accepting. You just you were like, "There's nothing you can say to stop it." So you know. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there. But other than that, 
you uh, did a great job defending um, the great Captain America. So, uh, yeah. Let it. Yeah, you did a great, great job. Someone who probably doesn't need any defense, but apparently does. Yeah. Because he's something of a polarizing character for some reason. Which is weird. I know. But, you know, like you said, he's a good character to talk about uh, in these trying times. So. Absolutely. 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 But, um, yeah. Yeah. Great job, Jake. Um, always, always proud to, to share a th- thinking space in the podcast with you, as usual. Um, and all right, folks, that's it. Um, I'm not going to say we're, uh, we're closing the curtain on Phantom Defense Court forever, but we're ready with um, some other ideas and some other topics and some other um, podcast structures that uh, we want to try and bring to y'all. Um, so, um, I want to thank all of my fellow Phantom correspondents tonight who have made these this uh, Phantom Defense Court series really enjoyable, uh, really fun. We got into some great conversations about various characters. As I like to say, sometimes things got spicy, which is always fun. <laughs> but um, spicy. But um, yeah, and I just want to take this time to uh, remind um, everyone. That just like um, Jacob has love for Captain America and Superman, and I have love for Jason Todd and Constantine, and Josh loves Batman and Orly Gilmore and Jenny <laughs> loves Jessica Jones and 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 really loves Ben Solo. Uh, <laughs> uh, with fandom correspondence, there's yeah. there's room for just about everybody um, to have their own passions and the characters and the things they love uh, because fandom is for everybody. And that's what we're about is being able to share those passions and those interests that we have. And that, that bring us together um, again in in weird trying times like this. So um, thank you all so much for listening and we hope um, you'll join us again on our next installment of fandom talk. You guys have a wonderful day, night or wherever you are. Peace.